0: Uh, okay, this is Leon uh Angelo uh, uh, Art Sound Off Challenge For the month of November uh, 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 Lean Into Art Podcast LeanIntoArt.com ArtSoundOff.com uh, I'm responding to prompts That the gentleman from Lean Into Art Provide for Art Sound Off I, I, I'm a little out of order here But I think I I, uh, I don't know, I'm enjoying that uh, Prompt number five uh, was uh, talk about when you knew you wanted to become an artist. And prompt number nine is tell a story about when you were nine years old. Here's the thing. I was thinking about these. When I was looking at this list, these two things jived for me. So I, because so many people have a story about childhood becoming, wanting to become an artist artist's child, it is a, uh, a chestnut, uh, a well-worn uh, a story uh, which is fine, I mean, it's, it's kind of how it works, I guess, that, that means it's in the air, this is part of the deal, right, maybe it's in your soul, when you're born, when you're sent to earth, when the angels put you in a, in a little, uh, uh, swaddle you up and, and put you on in a stork's beak, maybe that's in your soul, I don't know, but it manifests in childhood, and it may or may not continue on, whatever. I was thinking, of course, about that that I wanted to be an artist several times over in my life. And I think, really, what the point I'm trying to make is that there have been many moments in my life where I think the clarity of the the knowing was there. Uh, Some of those in childhood, some of those in my adolescence, some of those in adulthood. And then, of course, many moments when I didn't want to be an artist anymore at all. (laughs) Those are different. That's, but that's a different story. Uh, when I was around 8 or nine, eight, 9, 10 years old, I don't remember. I'm going to go with 9 because it fits the bill. Uh, there was a. Uh, uh, it was the early 80s. Things were taking place in the world. And I believe this is how it goes my elementary school was celebrating a 75th anniversary. 75th anniversary of a children's prison. My elementary school was like a prison. I don't know what's going on in that district. But uh, there was a prison yard. We got time out for we got time outside sometimes. And a lot of kids out there lifting weights and carving into their own skin. Doing their own ink. <laughs> That's the way I remember it. A lot of punks at my school, etc. A lot of very tough kids. Anyway, that's the way I remember it. Whatever, that's not important. That prison was celebrating the 75th anniversary. Is how I remember it. And part of their 75th anniversary celebration was a was the idea that they would do a time capsule. And, and I don't know if people still do these. This was something that, I don't know, was trending. I I don't remember ever seeing this happen again, but at the time, time capsule was an important thing to do. So, the 75th anniversary of the school, they wanted to do a 75-year time capsule with the children from the school. Uh, Okay, time capsule, for anybody who don't know, they basically put a bunch of junk in a jar and bury it. (laughs) (laughs) dump a bunch of cement on it and say, don't open this until 19 or or 2000, whatever it is, 2050 something. All right. I don't know who, (laughs) if the earth survives and that thing doesn't get covered over with a parking lot, I suppose that'll be open someday and people will marvel at the, uh, at the nonsense we were obsessed with 75 years ago. I think that's the idea. Okay, so the school had this idea they would do that. And all the kids were arrested, were requested to submit pitches. Is this is this crazy? You had to put a pitch in for your idea of a thing you'd like to produce for the time capsule. And there would be some sort of voting, some sort of judging of the pitches. And uh, the winning pitches would actually be developed. They would get the green light. And and the producers would show up and and they'd fund the project. (laughs) The project moves forward and it gets stuck in the jar and buried in the earth for 75 years. I'm, I'm setting this up too long. What's my point? There was a time capsule... There was talk of a time capsule, and we were all very excited in my elementary school about the the potential of being able to put something in the the ground for 75 years. I have no idea why that was exciting, but it was. It was a thrill. It was like, oh, in the future, they're going to open this up. Now, that never even crossed my mind when I'm 9 to 10 years old that uh, I would be dead. (laughs) I would be long dead by the time that thing gets cracked open never even crossed my mind why don't you make this attainable how about 40 years better yet how about 20 so I can still even remember it right now it's very foggy i'm probably the only kid who remembers this thing is buried out in a parking lot somewhere out there okay what am i saying? uh Time Capsule and Jimmy Hoffa buried out in the same parking lot there. Uh, right. Uh, so I got very excited about this, and I, I started working on a pitch. Now, when I was that age, I had a, I had a one very good friend in school. And the two of us were nerds, super nerds. He was a super nerd than I was because I was a very naive kid. I've said this before. I missed out on a lot of things. And most of my exposure to things didn't come firsthand. They came from other kids. And this kid in particular was on the cusp of all the things that interested me. So I I mostly learned about things through this kid. And his name was Patrick Kelly. Is there a more Irish name than that? I ask you. Patrick Kelly. Come on. His, His middle name was freaking Seamus or something. Okay. Patrick Seamus Kelly... I think, actually, funny enough, I think his middle name was Michael. <laughs> Does it get more Irish than that? Come on. All right, Patrick Michael Kelly. If you're out there, I miss you, buddy. He's a good friend of mine. He and I were uh, not fitting in and not blending in in PE class and whatever. Little, little small scrawny kids with, with, with brains. Yeah, he had a brain. That, that, he's probably somewhere doing something. something something good, (laughs) he was a smart one, I'll tell you, Uh, we would tell stories, Uh, I didn't know anything about role-playing games, but Patrick Kelly did, and Patrick knew how to tell a story, how to weave a tale, and uh, I had a lot of ideas, even back then I was a kid of ideas, and he is a kid with structure, and he would take my raw ideas and be like, what if this and what if that? So we would walk around before, after, and during school and just tell a long-form story to each other. And that's really hard to describe, but it is among my most pleasant memories of, of childhood. Uh, we walked home together after school. He lived, he lived, you know, like three or four blocks away from me. Uh, I would go to his place and, and then go home. I was a latchkey kid. That was a term we threw around back then. Uh, it has a negative connotation, but all it means is both your parents worked. Is that such a crime? I guess, I guess it is. Latchkey kids ate a lot of macaroni and cheese. And, uh, and Steakums. Or watched too many cartoons. Uh, right. By the way, the generation that screwed up the economy, Latchkey children. Just, just putting that out there. Okay. Okay, what am I saying? I'm off topic. We would we would walk around telling a long format story, and basically how it went was he I would propose an idea like we both had characters in the story that we were representative of, and then we both had crushes that we would throw into this story, girls from school, and then we had you know enemies that we would throw in, bullies from school. And et cetera, et cetera, And we told this long format fantasy story that was weaved with things from Star Blazers and Robotech and all the other things Patrick was into. Star Wars and uh, uh, Star Trek and, uh, and whatnot. All kinds of things woven in. It was just a, a, a tapestry of things. What's my point? Patrick and I doing this exercise was was just so much fun and none of us either neither of us patrick didn't draw or i did so i would draw things from the story we, we told as a sort of like an exercise to show him like oh what if the weapons look like this or what if my character had this kind of hat or what if your character wore this kind of boot and had i known the dungeons and dragons was a thing I, I would have been pretty good at it i didn't know it seems like the kind of nerdery that D&D is all about. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know. I had no application for these skills. I was building the era. Okay. When this time capsule thing came up, Patrick and I collaborated on a pitch for a story that we wanted to do. It was an illustrated book about a, ma- a magician, a magical creature or something like that. And uh, Patrick wrote it, and I illustrated it, or at least that was the premise. And uh, we both did our pitch, and our pitch was accepted and and green-lighted to be developed for development in the next season, uh, to be put in a time capsule to be open 75 years later when I'm long dead, and he's uh, in the the south of France or wherever he'll be because he's Mm -hmm. probably retired at 40 and going to live a long time. Uh, we wrote this story together, we collaborated on it, and we produced it, and we created it, and it was a finished product. And as a child, I remember that process being magical. Uh, Much like the titular hero, uh, the magical, whatever his name was, I think it was Mylan or something, Mylan the Magical. So if anybody's listening to this in 75, uh, 20, 50, whatever it is, Uh, uh, and and you're in a parking lot and you dig up something that sounds like what I'm describing here. Uh, That was a dream project of me and Patrick Kelly. What to say about that? I bring this up. Uh, So I think that was a moment in my life when uh, it meant something to be able to have a skill like art. And to do something. And there were very low stakes. Uh, I mean, of course, this is <laughs> documented for the ages. If it's open in 75 years, this could become the religion of the future. I don't know. Uh, could end up in a museum. Uh, boy, had I known that, I would have been frozen with terror back then. But I, I had no concept of that. Uh, I think I was probably thinking, well, I'm g- this is getting buried. So, uh better make it good and we did is that an interesting story I don't know I it was a moment in my life when uh, when uh, being an artist meant something and it, and it and it did make me want to repeat that process uh, it had an audience it had a final destination uh, six feet under just like all of us oh deep uh, it had a, a purpose and I had a collaborator I had other people to, uh, a relationship and other, other people to be responsible for the project. Uh, all of those things were good, and it was a positive experience. It is something I remember from my childhood. Uh, that really solidified what it meant to me uh, to be an artist and gave me a concept of what it might mean to be an artist as a grown-up. Um, and I, I was thinking about that and remembering that with fondness, uh, with, with, uh, with joy. Uh, it was a joyful experience finishing that and uh, presenting it to the, the group who, uh, who uh, put it in a jar and buried it under the ground. It was, a, it was interesting. I also wrote a poem. I don't remember what the poem was about, but that poem was also accepted. That didn't have anything to do with anything else. That poem is also six feet under in, in a parking lot somewhere out there. Well... Alright, I guess that's all I got to say about that. That is a memory, a pleasant memory of of when I wanted to become, when I knew I needed to become an artist, it gave me a, when I had the purpose and the will and the desire to become an artist, and when I, when I achieved something that gave me a, an insight into what that would feel like to be an artist, Uh, early memory of that. Alright, I think that's apropos there for the, for the topics there, uh, okay, that's, uh, all right. This is Lenny D'Angelo. uh, art sound off. Okay.